Hey everyone, welcome to the Troy Christian High School Chapel Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our Chapel YouTube channel and follow our Chapel Instagram account. Those two places will be the easiest way to check out what's coming up, as well as find some bonus content from our speakers and worship team. Most importantly, I hope the following message challenges and encourages you to grow in your relationship with God as you learn to love God and love others better. Enjoy. Guys, it is almost fall, and uh, officially, right? It feels like it. I love the fall. The cooler weather, you break out the sweaters and the hoodies and the jeans. The leaves start changing the color. You get that like fall smell in the air. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like my wife and son and I went for a walk the other day, and I could like you. I smelled it for the first time. That like that fall smell. Uh, I love it. The fall breaks the heat of the summer for the first time, and it is just amazing. But the change in seasons always reminds me that really this is the way life works. Things happen and come in seasons. And I want to talk about a couple seasons. Have you ever gone through a season where like almost everything is amazing? Right? Like where it's like time after time, you you get these moments where uh, you're just like, this is the way life should be. And we know in those those moments to, to just take it all in. It's those moments where, I don't know if you've gone to like the beach with friends ever, and then you know, like you've been on the beach, you've been hanging out, you've been having a good time, and then like the sun starts going down, and, and you just have this moment where you're like, oh man, I, I need to take a moment and just take us in. This, this was incredible. Or if you've been with family, and, and you're laughing, you're together, you're enjoying each other, um, and you have this moment, you sit back and you're like, man, I just, I wish every moment was like this moment, right? But then there's these other moments, these other seasons of life where it feels like everything wrong is hitting at the exact same time, where you know, maybe a friendship falls apart and you get injured. Someone you love gets a diagnosis they weren't expecting. A number of years ago, uh, I was getting ready. I found out I was becoming the principal here. I don't know if some of you guys didn't know I used to be the principal. At one point, our principal stick around, by the way, Mr. Peterson was, Mr. Orange was. We kind of we hang out. But I, was, I found out I was going to be principal, and I was starting to get a little overwhelmed by what that meant. To be honest with you, I really didn't have a clue of what it meant yet. And at that same time, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. And then my son was having seizures and he was diagnosed with epilepsy. And this was, we all found this out in like a very short window of time. And that's how I went into then becoming principal. And as principal, I just remember sitting down. It was like almost every day I felt like I was dealing with something dark and heavy here. I remember sitting down with, with parents and students and their hearts breaking and my heart breaking over what was going on in their life and then having to leave that and go home. And I, I live really close, so it's like a three-minute drive. And every day I was like trying to give myself a pep talk just so that I can be present with my wife and son when I came home. Right? Just so that when I came home to have dinner, I could actually enjoy having dinner with them, even though I knew what these other families were going through that evening. It's like it created this nagging question for me of how in the world do you still find joy and still experience light 
when you see all of this darkness happening around you? It's like there's these two competing ideas, these two competing emotions in life. You have all of these incredible moments over here, and then you've got these like dark, heavy moments, and a lot of times it's even happening at the same time, and it can be overwhelming to us. How do you reconcile living in the space between these moments? I remember this summer I, I was talking with Mr. Royce after he got married. Uh, shout out, Mr. Royce, Mr. Kinnon, Mr. Liebarger, all got married this summer, big, big summer. And I remember talking to Mr. Royce, and he said, um, you know, the U.S. is like falling apart. We've got this pandemic and social unrest and politics, and Tommy and Kayla felt deeply for those things. And yet they were trying to figure out if they could celebrate this amazing thing happening in their life at the same time. And it was like the struggle was, can we, or what does that even look like to do that? What do you do in moments like this? Can we, can we find and experience light in this life when, when we know, see, and experience the darkness around us? I want to introduce us to a couple of pieces of just wisdom from Scripture that I think will help us navigate this tension, maybe look at it from a different perspective. In Scripture, there's a section of, of writing called wisdom literature. Right? It's, it's Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. When you think of wisdom literature, you probably think of Proverbs, right? Like all those like little sayings um, that are generally understood to be wise ways to approach life or situations in life. And we would call those sayings kind of conventional wisdom, right? They're, they're just generally accepted. It's like this one, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. It's this idea that we know that if you come in really harsh on something, you're probably going to get some negative energy back. That's kind of, it, that's, we understand that, that life to work that way. Many of these are almost equation-like. You know, if you do A and B, then you'll get C. And we know these to be good. Because built into the fabric of life is this cause and effect relationship. There is this sowing and reaping. Like if you don't take care of your health, there's a good chance that you're probably going to end up with some kind of sickness or illness. If you don't take care of your finances, you'll probably have some financial hardships. There are right and good ways to live life. But the longer you live, the more you start to realize that not everything in life works that way. A plus B does not always equal C. You take care of your health and you still get hit with a diagnosis that you weren't expecting. Or even in the Proverbs, there's this proverb that says, start your children off on the way they should go and even when they're old, they won't depart from it. But I know and I've seen really good parents do their best to start their children off on the way they should go and a child still runs from it. So what do you do when, especially when you think you've done all the right things and it's still not turning out the way this conventional wisdom said it would or the way you thought it would? And oftentimes when we face these hardships and pain, when we face darkness, we, want, we generally want two things. We want to know why, and we want out of it like immediately, right? We want it just to be over. But the problem with those two reactions is they don't necessarily make it any better for us. Knowing why doesn't necessarily help us deal with the pain that we're feeling inside. Matter of fact, I've found in my life that knowing why sometimes makes that pain worse. 
And getting out of it immediately can oftentimes, maybe all the time, rob us of the opportunity to see something good come out of the, the hardship or difficulty that we're facing. So it's important to have this right, a right perspective about these things because how you frame what you're experiencing shapes what it's going to become for you. How you frame, how you see what you're experiencing is going to ultimately shape how you, ex- how you experience it. And that's where Ecclesiastes wisdom comes in. Now Solomon wrote most of the Proverbs. He wrote Ecclesiastes. And it's like he wrote all these good conventional Proverbs, these good conventional wisdom uh, sayings. And then he started living life and realizing like, wait a minute, it doesn't always pan out like that. And so he follows that up with this Ecclesiastes. What do you do when things don't go the way you thought? And what Solomon does here, a lot of the Ecclesiastes is him just sharing the things that he's observed in life. And, and I'm just going to kind of run through a list of some of the things that he shares. He shares about all the wealth and possessions that he gained, that he pursued and gained throughout his life. He shares about his pursuit of wisdom and his pursuit of knowledge. He also shares about pursuing foolishness and chaos. He shares how he's seen people being oppressed, how he's seen wealthy people taking advantage of others, how he's seen people all alone and he's seen people with friends. He's seen people with great wealth but unable to enjoy it. He's seen good people die young, and he's seen really evil people live long lives. He's seen wise people do great things but be overlooked and despised. And he's seen really foolish people say some really ignorant things and be praised for it. As I look at this, I'm like, we still see this stuff happening one of the lines Solomon actually throws in, in to Ecclesiastes is there's nothing new under the sun. And I think this proves, proves that to some degree. But throughout, he sprinkles all these wise quotes. And then he keeps coming back to a couple lines that I, that I want us to kind of wrestle with. The first one is this. This too is meaningless, a chasing after the wind. And he says this line throughout, like after he talks about his pursuit of of wealth and material possessions and things like that. He says, it's meaningless. It's a chasing after the wind. But he even also says it about his pursuit of wisdom and knowledge. He says, it's meaningless. It's a chasing after the wind. And, and it leaves you asking, what's the point? If, if everything good or bad is just meaningless, what's the point of any of it then? But there's something lost in translation. In the Hebrew language, it was always tied to these like physical metaphors, light, darkness, earth, water. It helped them make sense of what they were seeing and experiencing. This word meaningless in the Hebrew language is havel, H-E-V-E-L. And like a literal translation is breath. It's like the sound that you make when you breathe deeply. It comes and it goes. You breathe in. You breathe out, then it's over. And what he's saying is all these things we experience in life, it's like breath. It's not meaningless, it's, it's temporary. Our lives are a breath. Ask your parents, right? You, you have a baby, and then you breathe, and then they're 10, right? That's what, like, that's what my wife and I are experiencing right now. Then you breathe again, and then they're graduated, right? Like, it's all a breath. And Solomon is acknowledging that things don't always work out like we plan, or even like conventional wisdom said it would. Ultimately, we don't have control over much in life, 
We can give ourselves the things, but that's not guaranteeing anything. Everything is here, and then it's gone. It's all just a breath, so what do we do with that? Well, the, the other thing he repeats over and over again is this. A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too I see is from the hand of God. After everything he sees, both, both good and bad, he says the best thing you can do is, is see this breath of a life that you have as a gift from God and gifts are meant to be enjoyed. And if you can find something meaningful, this, this idea of find satisfaction in your own toil is, is find joy in your work that you have in front of you. If you can find something meaningful to do with your time, then enjoy it. And Solomon recognized that there are these good things in life and there are these heavy things in life. And we'll experience them both. It doesn't matter whether you're good or bad. You will still experience heartbreak and you'll still experience blessing. It's a part of life. And now part of this is because we live in a broken world in, re- in a broken relationship with a creator. And this principle of, of sowing and reaping is not an individual principle. What I sow, you will reap. What any one of you sows, we all will reap. What any one of us does, we will all be impacted and, and, and changed by what each of us do. But it's all just a breath. So are you experiencing just the best of life right now? Enjoy it. It's a breath. It, it comes and it goes. It's a season. This is the way life works. Are you experiencing hardship and trial and darkness? It's a breath. It'll come and it'll go. And I think the older you get, the, the more you realize how short everything really is. Now Solomon stopped short of completing this idea, though, because he came before Christ. He's, he's before we understand the role Christ plays in this breath of a life that we've been given. But, but Paul picks it up. And there's a verse that you guys are all very familiar with, but I want to I shed some context on it. It's Philippians 4.13. You guys know this verse, right? I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Maybe this is like your sports verse, right? Like, we can win this game because we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Or like, I can pass this test because even though I didn't study, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. But have you ever noticed like what he's referencing in this? Before he says that, he says this. I can do all things who gives me strength as a context, but he says this. I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. You see how that translation grabs that idea? It's not just like I, I can win a game. It's listen, no matter what is happening, I can be Hungry or fed. I can have everything I need or need everything. It doesn't matter what the circumstances is because I can be content and do it all because I have Christ. I have a relationship with a God who I can trust. So what, what gave Paul that confidence? What gave Paul that conclusion? Well, this is what he knows about God, and this is what he tells the church in Rome. He says this, this is a verse you, you know. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him 
who've been called according to his purpose. Connect these ideas. Paul's contentment is in his trust in a God who is working all things for his good. All things. God is working. Now, we want things to be over immediately, but ultimately, good work takes time. And growth in our life takes time. And God is working to do that. God does not desire an acquaintance relationship with you. God's heart for you is deep, and he wants the best for you so that in everything that's going on, for those who love him, he is working for their good. Now, can you imagine creating a people and giving them the opportunity to make decisions on their own? Like, this is super risky. Because the whole idea is that they can, they can love and serve and do good and love others and love God, and in return, they receive more love and more grace and more joy and more meaning in life, but yet they keep sowing seeds of, of anger and disunity and pride, and it comes back with pain and anguish. And like maybe if we're God, maybe for a season, we would, we would go through and try to clean up their mess and try to turn something good out of it. But I can guarantee you, almost every single one of us, after a little bit of time, we'd be like, all right, we're done. Right, like you guys are making this mess, you can live with it. But God is still working. And that's Paul's context for understanding why he can find joy and contentment in all things, that God is working in all things for the good of those who love him. That is wild. But it takes time to work out. So Paul's contentment in all things stems from an understanding that God, through Christ, is always working something out for its good. If he experiences good or he experiences bad, Paul is expecting God to work. So good things happen. Catch this. Good things happen, and God is working to bring more good out of it. Bad things happen, and God is working to bring good out of it. Joy happens, and God is working to bring good out of it. Heartbreak happens, and God is working to bring joy out of it. So we can find hope in our pain because we, we can trust that God is working in it. And sometimes what God is doing in that is, is he is preparing us with what we're currently experiencing for something down the road. Sometimes what God's doing is just, is just drawing us close because of what we're experiencing. Or maybe it's someone else that he's drawing close because of what we're experiencing. And when we look at life through this lens, we don't have to hold moments of joy and moments of sorrow in tension with one another because we know God is working in both of these things. And rather than joy and sorrow being competing ideas and emotions, both joy and heartache in life serve as reminders to us of the gift that we've been given in life and the hope that we have in the God that's, that's working in everything. So how do we choose light in our circumstances? Well, Solomon would tell us that we need to see and view this life as a gift. Be grateful for it. Be grateful for what you have and enjoy it because it's all really temporary. Right? And Paul would tell us that the way to choose light is to be looking for how God through Christ is at work in all things around us. That there's always light in the midst of darkness because Christ, who is the light of the world, is at work in all things. We just need to look for it. So may we, in every situation, like Solomon, 
just find joy in being here and doing the work that God has placed in front of us because it is a gift and gifts are meant to be enjoyed. And may we, like Paul, find contentment in every situation as we look for the light of Christ working in this thing that I'm experiencing now and then find joy because we know that God is going to bring something good out of it.